Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're taking a look at why we're experiencing a banking crisis. There are those in the Federal Reserve and in the media who are critical of recent bank failures. Those banks were irresponsible and they didn't hedge their interest rate risk properly. Silicon Valley Bank, in particular, received heaps of criticism for not hedging their interest rate risk. But let's step back for a moment and look at the big picture. We have more than 10 years with interest rates being held near the zero bound. In that environment, interest rates on loans have been at historic lows. The problem is that our banks have a fractional reserve system. If every depositor comes to withdraw their funds all at once, the bank will go broke. Every bank, not just poorly managed banks, every bank will experience the same outcome regardless of size. Banks are in the business of borrowing short, that is to say that a depositor can withdraw at any time, and lending long. When a bank makes a loan, it's usually for a long time, and it's that mismatch in time that creates the risk. Now banks tend to sell their loans in the secondary bond market in order to get them off their balance sheet, so they can write new loans and collect a new origination fee with each new loan. But even with that, banks do carry some loans on their balance sheet, and after a decade at the zero bound, these banks are experiencing a fall in value of those loans. As interest rates go up, the value of those financial assets go down. It doesn't matter whether the bank invested in 10-year treasuries or a 5-year commercial real estate loan or a 30-year residential loan. All of those loans, having a low interest rate, will fall in value as interest rates rise. It happens every time. Interest rates go up and the value of bonds go down. But if that's the case, then why have we not experienced bank failures in the past when interest rates have risen? Well, my analysis is that we have experienced bank failures in the past, and these failures have been part of life in the United States for the past century. Back in the 1920s, there were 29,000 banks, and by the 1970s, there were 13,000 banks. Today, there's a little over 4,000 and falling. Right now, we have the Fed saying they need to raise rates to fight inflation. But raising the cost of money also puts upward pressure on prices, which some would say is inflationary. So how do you fight fire with gasoline? The fact is, there's not just one interest rate. The central banks get to set one interest rate. But really, there's many interest rates, and they don't necessarily track each other. A central bank, like the Fed, sets the Fed funds rate. This is a short-term rate, but there's many other rates. The amount you would pay for a short-term loan on your credit card could be much higher, could be 20% or more. The rate you'd pay for a car loan would be different. The rate you would pay for a residential mortgage, that's indexed to the yield on the 10-year treasury. We continue to experience extreme interest rate inversion. And for the past year, the Fed chairman has been saying that we should not be paying attention to interest rate inversion. Instead, we should be paying attention to the forward spreads in the futures curve. Now, I know this is starting to get technical, but let's look at that. I'm really one to accept a challenge here. So right now, the futures price for the secured overnight fund rate, that used to be what was called LIBOR, if we compare June 2024 with June of 2023, those future rates are down by nearly two percentage points in the futures market. That's the market saying very clearly that they expect interest rates one year from now to be two percentage points lower than today. Oddly enough, the Fed is no longer saying we should be looking at the future spread because it's saying exactly the same thing as the interest rate inversion. There's simply too many data points in the economy telling us that very clearly the economy is softening at a very rapid pace. And this is not just a U.S. phenomenon or a Canadian or British phenomenon. It's global in nature. 
Yes, we have a massive inversion between the three-month and the 10-year Treasury. It's at 1.7%. The yield curve inversion is telling us the same thing as the futures curve. The market is saying very clearly they don't believe the Fed will be able to keep interest rates higher for longer. In fact, the market is saying very clearly across the board that interest rates are heading lower. We see the inversion in the German bond yield, where their central bank rate is 3.75% and the yield on their 10-year bond is 2.339. Now maybe this is wishful thinking on the part of investors. Maybe this time is different. Maybe history should be ignored. I happen to think interest rates are heading lower as well. It doesn't mean credit's going to get easier. Over the next several months, I expect credit conditions to get tighter, and we're seeing it already. Anytime there's stress in the financial system, there's an escape valve. Sometimes that's intentional, sometimes not. Sometimes the escape valve is inflation, which is really a devaluation of the currency. It could show up in a falling foreign exchange rate. Sometimes the escape valve is economic destruction, like we have in a recession with business failures and higher unemployment. Sometimes the escape valve is in the banking system, like we saw in the savings and loan crisis in the 1980s, or in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. This time, it looks like the Fed and the Treasury are deliberately choosing to concentrate the pain in the banking system. They have to know that raising interest rates this quickly would hurt the banks. Our financial system operates entirely on credit. I'm not saying whether that's good or bad, it just is. If you remove credit or you significantly impair access to credit, the impact is permanent business destruction. Now, politicians don't get re-elected when they hurt the economy, and for that reason, they will adopt a stimulative posture when it becomes clear that the economy is sliding. Politicians will fight the central bank's efforts to tighten credit. That's just how they behave. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.